Welcome to the Old Moms Podcast. We're childhood friends sharing stories from opposite ends of motherhood. We're glad you're here and hope you'll laugh along with us. Hey, Sarah, how's it going? Great. I'm doing really well. How are you doing? Things are good over here. I did forget to tell you something about the baby shower. Oh, gosh. What happened? Well, it's good news. I actually won a prize. Oh. <laughs> I, won a, I won an espresso machine. What kind of baby shower gives away an espresso machine? <laughs> I know. Just what? a super Italian one. Okay, so my cousin who is hosting it, <laughs> she works for an Italian coffee company called Lavazza. I hope I'm saying that right because I will never be forgiven if I didn't say that right. But she works for a coffee company. So she always has the coolest gadgets and new coffee things. And so her daughter is about 21. She's so awesome. And so for the baby shower, she said, I felt like we had to do one game, which I'm so glad I'm not a big games person at parties like that baby shower. So I was glad it was just one game. And it was you want to guess what game it was that I won the grand prize for? Oh, um, is it where you drink apple juice out of a baby bottle? And you race other people? <laughs> no, that would have been good, too. This was the melted candy bar in the diaper game. Oh, and you have to guess which candy bar it is? <laughs> <laughs> so there were five different diapers with melted candy bars in them, and you had to open the diaper and of course, it's hilarious because you're watching people sniff a diaper, which is kind of gross, but whatever. Yeah. So, of course, as I mentioned before, all the other guests were in adorable, cute summer dresses, sophisticated ladies. They were, you know, gently sniffing the diaper and writing down mm. their answers. So my turn comes up and I am face down in this diaper. <laughs> Try- <laughs> I am not giving up. Like I went back and had to change a couple answers. I like walked away and I was like, that is not baby Ruth. Hold on. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> so my aunt took a picture. I'll show you the picture of, uh, I'll put it on Facebook of my face in a diaper. Cause I was so serious about this. So <laughs> anyway, they announced the winner and of course it was me. And I gave a shout out to my type two diabetes because I really feel like <laughs> this was the one time she really helped me out. <laughs> All the candy bars I ate in my youth <laughs> really helped me out on this one. So it was hilarious. We were, I mean, it was just hilarious. So she had this real nice espresso machine. So I brought it home. And Patrick, his mind was blown, of course. He said, What did you do to win this? And I was like, Well, I was the only person to correctly identify eight types of chocolate bars. <laughs> yes. He's like, only you would get that serious about it. I said, that was built for that game. That was my game. So I just thought, man, what a great thing for my childhood. You know, my excessive overeating of candy really came in handy this past you week. You never know when those childhood quirks are going to pop up and be so useful. Oh, yeah. And there's plenty of them. That's for sure. So we thought we would talk today about misconceptions we had as kids or things we just grew up thinking or didn't know and weren't on our radar that we kind of figured out the real story and the full scoop as adults because that can be a little hilarious. Oh, for sure. You had mentioned one about driving that you blew your mind when you became an official adult. Oh, about getting oil changes in your car? Yeah. I think I didn't find out until I had my first car in college and my dad said something about getting the oil changed. And I thought, oh yeah, I did that one time. And he's like, well, no, it's every, you know, at that time with oil 25 years ago, it was like, well, every two to 3,000 miles or which was every several months, you know, and I was just shocked. I felt like I remember responding 
to him saying, what? You mean I have to go more than once a year to get my oil changed? I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, there's so many things that have to be done repeatedly as an adult that you don't realize you have to. One that stands out to me the most is my mom telling me the story of my brother with his debit card. He had no sense of the fact that you're it's not a credit card, it's a debit card. So <laughs> she said no. that he was using it willy-nilly, completely not paying attention to it. And he was like, what? You mean I have to keep track of this? I have to write this down, you know, because you have no concept of how money comes in and out when you're a kid and then it hits you hard as an adult. Have you seen that viral video of this older sister who takes this really cute picture of her brother with his first paycheck? He has a job at Dairy Queen or something and he's holding his first paycheck that came in the mail and he's all proud of it. And in the second picture, he's opened it up and looked at it and all the taxes that come out of it, which you don't think, you know, you get hired for your job and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to make $10 an hour times. I worked 20 hours this week. I'm getting 200 bucks. And then you open it and it's, you know, $132 because the rest of it was taxes and his face is just like oh just crestfallen and it's this hilarious picture yeah what you really think you're getting at the end of the month i remember in middle school or high school finding out that stop drop and roll for fires it's exclusive to if you're on fire yourself i thought if there was a fire like if i was next to our burning down hotel that I should stop, drop, and roll away from it. Like everyone would be rolling across the parking lot away from, instead of running on our legs to safety. It was just so ingrained in me. that Yeah, that that's, that's a good one. So when you were little, did you ever worry about like bad guys or robbers or anything like that? No, not really. I must have lived like an idyllic, mindless childhood. <laughs> Ignorant childhood. (laughs) Nothing bad will ever happen. When I was little, um, and I remember this must have been like right around second or third grade, but I, because it involves my recorder. Is that when we played our recorders? Maybe third grade. But I remember I would sit in the middle of my bed and pretend that I was summoning like snakes up from around the edges of the bed so I would sit in the middle and I'm sure it didn't sound anything like what a snake charmer would play but that's what I imagined but that quickly quickly segued into okay if snakes could be under my bed which was just imagined then bad guys could be under my bed and I didn't want them to reach out and like grab my ankles so I never let my legs dangle over the edge of the bed so when I got dressed in my room as a little kid I would sit in the middle of my bed and get dressed like entirely in the middle of my bed and then I would leap away far enough away that an arm's length bad guy arm couldn't grab my ankle whoa (laughs) and and so i've talked about the stop drop and roll so i did think a lot about fire safety still do but i thought a lot about fire safety and (laughs) we had a cul-de-sac that was like really dark big pieces of gravel i mean it was i guess it was asphalt but it was falling apart maybe so it was painful to walk through it barefoot and i thought if there's a fire i'll need to get across the cul-de-sac so i would put on one sock and then one shoe and completely tie it because Then if the fire happened before, like halfway through putting my shoes on, I could hop on one foot across the entire cul-de-sac. Good thinking. How? Okay. Okay. (laughs) I mean, you are safe to say that all the time. I'm not like sock, sock, shoe, shoe. I'm sock, shoe, completely tie it. Wow. Wow. I am safety <laughs> I've never noticed you do that. I'll have to look like the next time we're around each other when we're getting dressed. I mean, that sounds weird. The next time we're putting shoes on. <laughs> okay. The next time we are getting ready to go somewhere, I will watch how you put your shoes on is what I'm saying. Okay. Just 
well, this was kind of just, I was slapped in the face with it as a kid, but our family, as we've said before, moved from Kentucky to Colorado when I was in third grade. It was right at the end of our third grade year. I thought we were moving to the mountains. I feel like everyone kept mentioning the mountains when you live far away from Colorado. And this is pre-internet, pre-Google. People just think of Colorado as the John Denver song, Rocky Mountain High, which has different meanings now. But um, (laughs) they always think about the Rocky Mountains. And so I was so excited to live in this house that was kind of on a mountain, like we were going to have all this wilderness and nature. And we ended up just moving to a suburban neighborhood. It was an awesome house and had a great nature path in the backyard and I loved the house but I just was so surprised that we weren't in the mountains when we drove out there but I didn't think to ask because I just assumed so I didn't say so we're living on a mountain right I didn't double check that with anybody yeah I had a little bit of that when we would go back to New York to see family I always thought we're gonna be in New York City this is so exciting and then we would just be sitting in my uncle's backyard which could have been anywhere right you know (laughs) I thought we were gonna be like walking down the street eating pizza and the Statue of Liberty behind like a tourist would picture New York in their mind is what I thought we were going to. And it was like, oh, people just live, you know, you're just visiting family. You could be anywhere. You're imagining a musical where you guys were all skipping through Central Park. And yes. But my parents said that, too, about what you said about Colorado before they moved here. My mom in particular thought like, oh, my gosh, is this just the Wild West? I mean, in growing up in Brooklyn, I think that was kind of the the thought. If you moved out west, you were riding horses. You were (laughs) real, real country living. But part of the reason why traveling is so great, you get to see new things like the Gateway Arch. Yeah. People didn't know what that looked like until they saw it. (laughs) I was thinking with the horses and the cowboys that a lot of TV shows were about, Mm -hmm. there were Westerns and they were super popular more than, I mean, I think now that's one genre of film or TV that people might enjoy, but I think that was popular across the board and it was just the shows that came on on a weeknight that everyone was watching the same, you know, four channels of choices. And so I think that probably really drove the point home of the Colorado, Wyoming, cowboy Western theme. Yeah. A bunch of things I misunderstood as a kid and didn't realize until years later were song lyrics. So I remember being in oh, church. Yes. So both grew up Catholic. And so I remember being in church and thinking that they were singing lasagna, lasagna on high. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of times we went to the Saturday night service and we would have lasagna or spaghetti on Saturday night. So there was a little bit of it's just funny how as a kid, something like that can seep in. And so I'm hearing them sing. I think it's Hosanna, isn't it? Yeah, Hosanna. Hosanna, Hosanna. I think Hosanna. Hosanna? Yeah. Hosanna. Well, maybe in New York we say Hosanna. Okay. I mean, that's how we, my mom said it, but she was yelling it and we were all like, what are we supposed to do? Yeah. I, same were thing. you singing lasagna too? What were you guys singing? We probably were just because my dad was like, get in there and get people to come to the restaurant. Start singing about yeah. the items on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> Hand out these paper menus while you're in there. I'm like, dad. Well, you are welcome because I was in there an ambassador of the <laughs> Thank restaurant. You. About lasagna. It but wasn't was- across the street. <laughs> That's true. It was, it was. It was across the street. Okay. So um, another one is, and I think, I don't know if just the priest says this part or the whole congregation says it, but I remember a part where they would say kind of slowly in the sing-songy voice that they would say, let us proclaim the mystery of, and I filled in fame because it rhymes because I knew it started with an F because I could hear that and it rhymed with proclaim. So let us proclaim the mystery of fame. And I did feel like famous people were mysterious. You know? Yeah. I mean- <laughs> that was a mystery. How did that people make sense? 
<laughs> so I would sing fame. And I remember years upon years, that's what I thought it was. And then I remember one time finding out that it was faith, the mystery of faith, which doesn't even rhyme. I don't know who wrote the song. But anyway, those were two big misconceptions that were just on a weekly basis in my head, you know, Saturdays around four. Well, we had a funny thing just happen. We went to the pool with my father-in-law and my husband and I, and we took our little guy. And my father-in-law has beautiful hair. He has, don't you think, he has the Richard oh, Gear yeah. runaway bride hair, like flowing any- salt and peppery. And um, <laughs> so we were in the pool having fun. Our little guy, this is like his third time in the pool. We're so happy. He's getting it. He's not afraid of the water. It's awesome. He's not going under, but he's just enjoying it. And it's great. And so my father-in-law goes under water and comes back up and his hair's slicked back, which uh-huh. he's never. It's always kind of wild and flowing. Uh-huh. And little guy's face. He said, where's grandpa? And we were like, oh, oh. no. He's right there. That's grandpa. And he was, so, I mean, I had to take him out. Oh. Of the pool. He was so upset. He kept saying, oh. where's grandpa i said that's grandpa and so he was like shaking his hair out trying to you know and it just you know obviously wouldn't look the same because it was wet right, he couldn't get right. over it it honestly oh. was an entire day and night he didn't sleep well and then he keeps looking up at my hair because i wear it in a bun all the time and the night that this happened that evening we were trying to go to bed and i always take my hair down obviously when i go to sleep and so he was having just kind of I don't want to say nightmares, but he was just talking about it and couldn't sleep. So then I go in there to check on him, which I've done a hundred times with my hair down and he's never once questioned it ever. And he was like, go get mommy. (gasps) (laughs) Yes. It was like a twilight zone. I'm like, I am your mommy. And he's like, where's mommy? So I run and put my hair bag in my bun and come back in he's like oh mommy and i was like oh my god it was so upsetting he couldn't get the concept of like you can look different and still be yourself which is such a kid Mm -hmm. concept and so that night was laying next to him and at one point i thought it was safe for me to take my hair down so i could sleep and he like rolled over and was like where's mommy so i rolled away and started crying because it was just heartbreaking That he would not recognize me. I'm like, it's me. Doesn't it smell like me? Doesn't look like me. I was trying everything. And then I desperately said, don't you remember? We were roommates for nine months, which is what I always say. We were like when Patrick will say, I feel like he likes you better than me, like jokingly. And I'm like, well, we were roommates. And um, so we were just, so I said, don't you remember? And he just simply yells at me. No. I'm like, okay. (laughs) It was so sad. It was so, I mean, I was getting upset because, of course, by this point, it's one in the morning and I'm exhausted. Oh, totally. So it was so sad. So we ended up sleeping, you know, seven hours. I did not sleep, obviously, at all. I just was staring at him because it was one of the first times he was. Yeah. First of all, I'm in a bun. And then second of all, he just, we hadn't slept next to each other in so long. And he's so big now and moves around. I just, you know how that is when you're out of sorts and you're worried about that well you you know had said that one of your nightmares as a mom is rolling over your baby so it was so hard so still we are three days away from the initial thing and he still (laughs) will say tell me what happened with grandpa and i'll have to repeat and i say grandpa looked different but he was still grandpa and he repeats it grandpa looked different like he's trying to Uh like 
calm himself down. But still, mm-hmm. if I take my hair down, I, the other day, all I did was put my hair down and up all day just to kind of do exposure for him. Look at me still dancing, singing over here, you know, yeah. and then mommy's hair up. And, but he still will have moments where he'll just stop and look at our foreheads. And my husband has no hair. So he's like the only person he's can count on as the real person. Uh-huh. You know, he's like, at least dad's here. All right. <laughs> The perks of going bald, I guess. But it's so hard, though, on your mama heart for them to be. I mean, it's trauma on a certain level. He was traumatized, mm-hmm. not like he was, people yeah. use that word and throw it around, but it's not. And it's like a little micro trauma, but and he will get over it and move past it. And he learned something from it, but he didn't know. I mean, it's those kid things where he really thought he looks totally different. He can't be the same. He's right on the cusp of even having the capacity to understand that if it's not something he's regularly seen. Yeah, it's really hard. And it's so sad. And I know my father in law is so sweet. And he said, I shouldn't have gone under water <laughs> I thought, oh. no way that is not reasonable <laughs> no one no, no one expected that so we had to do today was ex- our day to see grandpa again it was like there he is and he was like you know he can't quite he's you can see the wheels turning right he's like right in the pool look different i'm like yes, yes but still grandpa <laughs> you know it's so oh, crazy though so how long funny. it's lasting and that he's yes. remembering it so now we're at this point of okay we have to be careful what we're saying because i will admit that when he couldn't repeat what we were saying i'd be like oh you know say a bad word here and there and not uh-huh. not at him or to him but just right right drop something on the floor and say a word that you no- wouldn't want your kid to repeat and hadn't worried about it and now it's like okay not even joking with each other like Sometimes Patrick and I will razz each other. It's like we can't developmentally. He doesn't understand sarcasm. Right. He doesn't understand that right. joking. He doesn't understand any of that. So we have to be so careful because this was the first time we saw how profound it is. Yes. Like so. teasing. A lot of people like to tease kids and they don't get it for a long time. And it's not funny mm-hmm. to them if they're the butt of the teasing or the butt of the joke for, I mean, until they're probably 12. It's not funny for someone else in their family, a beloved adult to make them the target of it. So I love that you guys are so cognizant of that just naturally. Well, I had my own trauma, hair trauma as a kid that involved a pool. Uh, Like right after we moved to our neighborhood and we had a neighborhood pool and I was down there with new friends and one of the dads who had a comb over, a full classic comb over, went underwater. And this is probably before I was completely aware that it was a comb over. I was just used to seeing hair, brown hair on the top of his head. Went underwater and I was in the shallow end and he was coming like he went off the diving board. (laughs) came like straight down to the shallow end and I was turned toward the diving board and he went like as far as he could underwater and then he stood up in the shallow end and all of his hair was like coming out of this area right above his one ear and it was cascading down like a waterfall onto his shoulder (laughs) it was all pooled on his shoulder and this guy took his arm from the opposite side And grabbed that hair off his shoulder in one fell swoop (laughs) and put it right back onto his head and brought that arm straight down. It's a wonder I didn't drown. I mean, my mouth (laughs) wide open and like grabbing the side. I could not believe what I had just seen. And it was a whole eye-opening thing. I mean, I think that's probably when I went home and learned the term comb over and it was explained. And I didn't think, why would anybody care if they were bald? You see bald people around all the time. I just didn't understand. And it was a whole cultural male Mm -hmm. phenomenon that was brought to light by that moment. But I will, I remember it so clearly. I was much older, obviously, than your little guy was. But I thought, what 
just happened. Well, mad props to that guy. I think if you have a comb over to go underwater, like I, I, I know so many people who won't go underwater because they don't want to mess up their hair. Uh-huh. I'm surprised he was willing to like jump off a diving board. And you know what I mean? That's I wild. know. That's kind of wild. I know. Wow. Yeah. Well, a good friend of ours, we, we just told him about our little guy's freak out. He told us something that happened to him. And actually the same thing happened to my brother, which was his dad and our dad both had the classic 80s mustache. The big, oh, uh-huh. thick mustache that everyone uh-huh. had. And once my dad shaved it and my brother and this friend were about the same age or about six. And they said they came downstairs with their dad without a mustache and they thought it was someone else. Oh, my. And they God. were so traumatized. Like he said, it, the friend said it lasted for a long time. Oh like this distrust goodness. of this yes. new man, this new man in our house that kind yeah. of looks like that and acts like that. It is shocking when someone looks drastically different. So it's hard wow. to feel like they're the same because so much of what kids experience in the feeling of safety and trust and love is wrapped up in like you said so much sensory stuff what we smell like what we feel like how we act how we look it's all just so much more connected than it is for us as adults thinking oh well that person we think about each other's hearts and souls you know yeah and maybe yeah. what it looks like in somebody's eyes like a look in someone's eyes not so much every different physical aspect of them but yeah gosh it's the whole package i'm the whole package of mom grandpa's the whole package package of grandpa and when one piece of it isn't the same it's confusing yes i wonder i was just trying to think because you guys have been playing memory a little bit yeah i wonder if you could take get some prints made of your hair in like four different styles like hippie long stocking ponytails in a bun totally down wet and dry they're all mommy kind of you know what i mean Mm, that's a really good idea yeah i don't know just and of you not i mean maybe he doesn't want to see grandpa's head wet again right now and probably your (laughs) father-in-law will never ever go underwater again we're gonna have to do some exposure therapy on this because i don't want him to be afraid of the pool like i feel like there's a lot more tied into it it was like we were on the cusp of getting used to the pool it definitely is and you never know with the kids that are under your care right now what they're gonna grow up and say i never knew or i was always thinking this you know and have have no idea do you remember a friend of ours telling us a story about her son's fear of the toilet and being this is really common but he was afraid of the toilet flush and kind of specifically that he could get sucked down by the toilet. Oh, yeah. Yes. She she told us after we did that potty training episode. Yes. This is so funny. Yeah, and she said to prove to him that you couldn't get sucked down. She put her hand as far into the toilet as she could and repeatedly flushed it. She said she'd lost track of how many times that she did that. But that's a common childhood fear to think, like, why why wouldn't you? If a piece of your body, technically, can be flushed down in a way, what's stopping it from taking your tiny little baby booty when you're potty training all the way down there? Yeah, it's true. I don't know. We don't we haven't gotten fully into the potty training yet. That's a possibility. And I told her she's the bravest woman I've ever met because that would be. Oh, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. That would be challenging for me, but I would do it. Like I'm finding there's so many things I will do for my little guy that I thought I wouldn't be able to do just with my germ stuff. But I'm amazed at what I'm able to do for him. But yeah, that's a real possibility. And that totally makes sense for a little guy to be afraid of that. Oh, My brother was just telling us tonight that he really thought that he would go to jail if he didn't go to kindergarten. And isn't that so funny? But it was just in his head, you know. Kids take things very literally. So we have to be so careful how we say it, you know. Yeah. Some are just things they pick up on that you don't mean for it, you know. But the things we have control over, we should try to have control over. Growing up is a wild ride. 
Bye, Gina. Bye, Sarah. <laughs>